Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through. When you don't know what to do. That's right, just keep on breathing when you don't know what to do. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, and normally the Big Apple in New York, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver, at caregiverdave.com, and uh, normally I say New York because that's where my uh, co-host Adrian Guberg is from, but she's doing something today and could not make it, so it's just me. <laughs> And we are coming to you live and on-demand 24-7 on 25 global audio and video platforms, uh, platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook Live, although I I don't know about that one today, uh, SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio, about 20 more other platforms all around the world. And we're so proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM. And wait, there's more, and one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com. And there is more, as well as number three podcasts out of thousands on Caregiver Podcasts, of Caregiver Podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, uh, kind of an unusual show. I say unusual because, let me get my notes here, Because we're we're dealing with a special company that is really into um, giving back and um, missions minded to the senior community. Uh, Scott Moody, he's um, K4 Connect CEO and co-founder, and um, we're going to be talking about his philosophy and how how he plans to help seniors in senior living facilities. And especially now during COVID-19, because things are just a mess over there. And um, before I do that, I do want to uh, thank last week's guest, Audrey Bond. And uh, you can hear that show and all our shows uh, on all the platforms I mentioned above and on our membership website, caregiverdave.com. And Scott, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here, Dave. Uh, I appreciate it. And I, I always like to take uh, a moment and have my guests tell me, uh, you know, in a minute or two, uh, who is Scott and why was he put on this earth? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's a challenge. I wish you gave me that uh, heads up. Uh, head no, of, no, no. We like spontaneity. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I, in the end of the day, Dave, I, I, I believe that we're all here to serve, right? right? That we are put on this earth really to serve others it's not about ourselves and so we do that as individuals we do that as husbands or wives or spouses we do that as friends we do that as a parent but in a case of k4 connect we do that corporately as well right so it's not my duty to serve just outside of the office and then in the office or work i'm doing everything you know just to make money right it's really about serving others and i think the whole basis of a corporation and really a big part of my life and why people work at k4 connect is that orientation around service corporately we come together as a group now of about you know 60 people so because we know that together we can serve others more and Mm -hmm. better right as a, a corporate organization but we really focus on that whole idea of serving others yeah, and you're a big deal. You just went public recently, and you've got a picture just like mine. Well, <laughs> actually, on the jumbotron at Nasdaq. That was a little. I was. I mean, we just started to talk about some of my background. That was my prior company. Ah. Um, that company was called Authentic, right? Raised a lot of. I was the CEO and the co-founder. Uh, and what did what, comp- what did you do in that company? Uh, so interesting enough, right? Uh, just to kind of finish that, and I'll, I'll tell you the answer mm-hmm. is. Um, it'll be obvious, is we were actually acquired by Apple, right? And uh, if are you familiar with the Touch ID, the fingerprint sensor? No, I don't think I am. uh, The fingerprint sensor that you use. Oh, yeah, 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 on my iPhone, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was our company. Really? That company was started by me and another guy. 
on. <laughs> he was the smart guy, actually. I was just the CEO. Um, and um, so we were we were acquired. Actually, believe it or not, uh, Dave, we're still the only public company ever acquired by Apple. But um, congratulations. Came the touch ID. Cool, cool. It was so what cool. led you to founding uh, K4 Connect? And, okay. and tell us a little more about it, because you can't uh, figure out too much from the name. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, you know, and I, I, I mentioned uh, recently that um, actually K4, and it's not going to tell you any better about what we do. Uh, but well, I know what a K9 K is, but I don't know what a K4 <laughs> right. is. Um, K4 actually stands for Catherine, Kelsey, Kristen, and Courtney, my wife, and our three daughters. Oh. Um, so K4 Connect. And you're so a anyway, family man, obviously, then. Your family's very important. Yeah, uh, married 40 years now. Wow. Um, right. Uh, all 44 40 myself, so sure 45, I think. I'm sorry? I, I've been married 44 or 45 years as wow. well, so awesome. we're members of the same club. Yeah, exactly. And um, so anyway, uh, I actually retired after the acquisition in 2012, completely burnt out. Uh, what age? I would never, uh, so I was, let me see, that would have been um, uh, 55, right? So I'm 63 That's a good now. age to retire. Yeah, yeah. So obviously it didn't really work out the way I planned, but... Uh, you and Sinatra, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Michael That's Jordan. the first time every, anybody has ever compared me to Sinatra, you know, frankly. <laughs> so... Um, I'll sing for you later if you want. But, uh, so anyway, I had I had retired. I was we had moved here to Raleigh, North Carolina. Very happy. I was very busy as being retired. Um, but I was actually on a trip to Rwanda. I've been there multiple times on mission trips. But I just met somebody, honestly, Dave, that was doing so much good in her life, mm. without going into details, that I just felt I had to do more in my life to give, give back. back. And so I came back and I was doing a lot of things, but, you know, boards and donations. And I helped any startup that wanted help. No stock, no, no, no money. It was just my way of giving back. But I spoke to Catherine, my wife, and it was just like, hey, look, I'm not burnt out anymore. I'm not dead yet. I got energy left. I need to do more to give back. But unfortunately, I don't know how to do much. So what if we start another company? And if it's if it's successful, we can use the proceeds to help others. I never thought of an older adult, just like most technologists in the world. But the idea was to start this company. And if the company was successful, right, we would use the proceeds. And, and actually, all our founder shares. Now, Catherine's not my co-founder, uh, but, but it was our money or it is our money. All our uh, founder shares are actually part of our foundation. So the whole idea was to fund the foundation. Um, and so we started developing this technology that we called Fusion OS. I'm a big believer in foundational technology, honestly. So if you ever use the Touch ID, it's very easy to use. But we had like 230 patents when we were acquired. Wow. So the whole idea of Fusion OS, and let's take this out of the realm of who we serve now, right, was just this idea of everybody's always talked about integrating things together, home automation devices, maybe a couple of wellness devices, we had the idea that you could not only integrate all of those things, if you will, home automation, wellness devices, I don't care who makes it, I don't care what the communication protocol is, but what if we developed a, what's called a multimodal operating system that could not only integrate devices, but applications, services, even standalone systems, all into one system with one user interface, right? And so we thought if this could be an application, let me just give you an example, like a hotel, right? So, um, you, you know, there could be home automation devices in the guest room, right? There could be door locks and things like that. Then there's the system for uh, HVAC, and then there's the reservation system. These are all disparate different systems. Yeah, Let's I have a lot of together. those with my, with my Hilton Honors card. Right. So I can open that my door before I even get there. One system. Right. Yeah. And then you have an EGAD of data. So that was the idea. And we were on our I, I started the company with a new smart guy. 
Um, and we were very, you know, we we're on our way developing these technologies, um, uh, filing a lot of patents. And then one day I had a coffee with this gentleman. And he was an advocate for the homeless, obviously raising money. He had reached out to me through a mutual friend. We're having a coffee. He went through his advocacy. And at the end of it, he asked me, what's K4 do? And so I told him, like, how all these things in your home, as an example, right, could all work together. And he's like, that'd be a great product for me. I have MS. Never wow. thought of that before. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but I have. <laughs> and so the very next week I had coffee with, who's now a friend, Eric, and I brought my co-founder. And as I started the meeting, honestly, Dave, he, he stopped me, Eric stopped me, and he just said, look, let me tell you why I'm here today. He says, right now I'm using a cane but I'm not really sure how much longer that'll last. So when I wake up in the morning, the way I look at my day is I figure I have energy for a thousand good steps in my day and how I use those steps defines the quality of my life. And you guys can make my life better. Wow. So on strictly a personal level, right? If I felt called to start a company in Rwanda, which I know many people think sounds strange, but I did, <laughs> then I knew instantaneously why. He left. Jonathan, my co-founder, and I spoke, and um, we uh, we pivoted the entire company, right, to focus eventually on just older adults and people living with disabilities. I had a second conversation with my wife that night, right, about the company, and that, that was like, we're going to go broke. Like, I know nothing about this market. Nobody will ever fund us. Um, but I don't think God called us to spend 20% of our wealth, and if it didn't work out, you know, go back to happy retirement. I want to go all in. I'm pretty darn sure I'm going to lose all our money and uh, I'm going to have to get a regular job. And with that, you know, Catherine, very supportive. Authentech honestly wouldn't have existed without her support in the very beginning. And um, we went forward. And, you know, subsequently, we, we've come out with our first product, which I'll happily talk about. We have raised a bunch of money, over 30 million from other people including people like Intel and Sierra Ventures and AXA, the second largest insurance company in the world. So we're well on our way, but it really all started right at a coffee. Well, tell me some of the practical things that uh, some caregivers can can wrap their heads around um, of, of things that you've done for seniors. Uh, give me like two or three examples of some success stories. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've got those, don't you? Yeah, so what we do is we integrate all kinds of various technologies. So think of a senior living community, right? And in the apartment or the cottage of that person. Now that frankly is a home, right? But it's you know part of a, a bigger community and no different than an apartment or in some cases a standalone cottage, right? And so what we do is we integrate everything from home automation devices, right, to wellness, devices and health devices and pill reminders and so on and so forth, as well as all kinds of engagement tools, which have become incredibly important during the COVID, right? Just being able, you know, video chat and messaging and scheduling and all of those kind of things that we do. So one way we look at it, right, Dave, a little bit different than, um, you know, a lot of uh, other people. Everybody always thinks of, like, put these sensors you know, in your mother's home or whomever you're caregiving for and monitor her. But look, and to be honest, at roughly the age of two, we all stop like being monitored, right? <laughs> and it doesn't change when we're 82. And so sure. what we look at is, and I even joke with people, you know, I mentioned before, I'm 63 now. In two years, my name doesn't turn to patient, right? And that's how the tech world and many people think of, right, that end user. So to be honest, Dave, our first focus is the end user. Ours is to serve them, to make their life what we call simpler, healthier, and happier. Think about simpler, all things around home automation, right? So you could ask Alexa to turn your thermostat or uh, raise your curtains or use your tablet right, you know, health devices and things like that is all logical, and then the engagement piece. And so people always talk about, you know, particularly older adults don't like technology. Well, they don't like technology designed by some 
20 year old for a 20 year you know <laughs> for them right with bigger font on it they want things that they can use right and help them live their life and when you do that it does help the caregiver right and then there's incremental caregiver tools to help who we refer to in our case as the member the member is the person that we're serving right but we recognize we do that in conjunction with the caregiver whether it's family or professional whether it's the um, a health organization whether it's a senior living community or a hospital system right but in our mind it all starts with that member how do we enable right that person to live a more independent life um, right from the start so who are your customers are they um caregivers are they seniors are they uh health care facilities are they senior centers are they senior living places I'm, or all of the above well that's a good let me go with e right um, <laughs> all of the above so we distinguish our customer is the operator presently because we plan a home product but is the operator of a senior living community the member is the resident and the person that serves in between right is the caregiver which has never ever been a more difficult job than over the last you know five months for these caregivers yeah what is your personal experience with caregiving by the way um, is the topic foreign to you or do you have some family members who you've uh, had some personal so two experience things. with one my wife was a caregiver for her mom for oh. you know passing away um, and she only lived about an hour away. Uh, and, and my wife was over there at least twice a week and a number of other things. But, you know, by being not only her caregiver, but her advocate, right, the over, I, can t I can assure you that the overall quality of my mother-in-law's life improved significantly. Yeah. Just as an example, instead of being flicked a pill, right, for every little ailment, all of which start to conflict with one another, and you would have thought that she had some level of dementia, but my wife working on other, um, you know, therapies and working her off some drugs. Hey, mom was back, right? You know, four months later, but it took somebody that was paying attention, right? That really cared. And then on a personal level, again, associated with my wife being a caregiver, uh, not long, maybe about a year and a half after starting the company and it's been around for about five years, uh, I got a brain tumor. So, oh, my. Uh, so look, it's it's long said. I learned this as a as a CEO. I, I thought I was supposed to be playing a lot of golf right now. You know, <laughs> that, that's not working. I learned it as a father because they didn't do everything I told them to do, right? Um, and and I learned it as you know a recipient of care, right? Is is I like to think I'm empathetic to who we serve. But when you walk in somebody's shoes, it's a whole different experience. And and so, look, it, that was no fun. But I really do look back at it as a blessing in that um, I really understood what it was like to walk in the in our members. So I couldn't walk for, you know, pretty much six weeks. I have some level of paralysis on the right side of my my face. So once in a while, I'll slur a word because my lips don't work exactly wow. right. Um, and, you know, I still have some uh, impact from that. But I do think it gave me like an, an unbelievably great perspective sure. of what the member is going through as well as. And look, I am not an easy person. to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good, like when I'm well. So. Um, uh, I understood, you know, really in both those experiences what my wife went through, but I think it was a really invaluable experience to me to understand what our members go through. Wow, and so it was a real learning experience, and everything that you are doing, you're doing out of a, a, a genuine need that you know of. It might have even been your own need, but you can translate that need onto other caregivers as well. That's great. Um, now, you're a techie guy. So that's, uh, like you said, a lot of older people are very resistant to technology. Many of them still lick uh, stamps and lick envelopes and pay their bills that way. 
Um, what's your plan to make technology more friendly to the older uh, adults and the senior living people? And so it's not a matter you got, you got a plan? Of, yeah, I mean, we're actually relatively successful, right? So we're in roughly some level of technology, right, um, in over 800 communities, serve directly wow, you're already in doing it. Mm. over 30,000 members. And our average member is an 85-year-old woman. Right? How long have you been doing this? Uh, about, the product's been out about three years. Wow, that's so, great. So one of the things that if you look at, at just, um, so in assisted living where they need, you know, some um, additional level of care services, right? Uh, if you look at that, the, um, the, the average, 85, when we're installed, home automation, voice, the app, et cetera, et cetera, 85% of our members in assisted living use us on a daily basis, a daily basis, right? Like, you know, Facebook, <laughs> 85% of people use them on a daily basis. So when you design something, it's not about making the first thing. It's not about making technology easy to use. Right. The whole thing is, what are the technologies, right, that actually improve their lives? Look, I, I still, until the COVID, and I don't want to open the newspaper, right, uh, <laughs> every day, right, is is that uh, I still like the newspaper, right? I, you know, getting it on an iPad or something. Right now, it's great, but I'm going to go back to the newspaper. I miss it, right? So what you have to look at technology is. Does it solve a problem? Does it make something easier, right, that can't be done otherwise? And, mm. and so when you start to do that, people use it. Now, they may only use it change the thermostat, right? But then again, right, once they start to use it, they start to use it for other things. And that's one of the things that we found. And then during the COVID crisis, believe me, we had video chat as part of our application a long time ago. So you could video chat with your daughter, or your granddaughter, et cetera, et cetera. You could it's, hardly it's anybody. It's a big deal it. now. Like boom, right? <laughs> it just took off. And so, um, you know, I think what you find, right, is that if you design something that actually helps that person, there's a lot of apps. You you probably like tech, but there are a bazillion apps you don't use. You're <laughs> only picking the apps that you think add value to you. Right. And it's the same for an older adult. The challenge is people don't think of the older adult, right, in, in the problems and the solutions that they're, they're trying to solve and the solutions they're coming up with. The other issue that honestly is a big issue, Dave, is that like you, you, you could pull up your phone and you have 50 different little icons on up here that you can Right. And then there's that technology and that technology. And like, look, is is our 85 year old member really going to use 30 different apps to operate their no. day? Right. They might have are, their three favorite. Right. Are they going to really use that? And then you have no idea what's going on. Right. Whether it's you as the caregiver or a professional caregiver. And what we do is we bring all of those things together. So you really use one app. So whether you're doing a video wow. chat or changing your thermostat or lights are coming on automatically or you're taking One your app, blood huh? or doing or playing a game, it's all now you can use some of those other apps, but we take the most important apps and bring them together into a single experience. Right. And that's great. And now I can use either the app or I can use my voice. Right. I can change the thermostat with my app or I can change it with my voice. I can call the front desk of a senior living community with my app or I can call it with my voice, right? Mm. So all of those things we bring together. And, and so you can see one, a lot of those things add true value to those we serve, yeah. right? And then on the other side of it, that's the point where we make it easy. We make it this uniform experience. So a guy like me, you know, an unpaid family caregiver, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, I, I run a gas station, I, I'm a speaker, a coach, I appear on TV all the time, um, but I care for my wife, and um, 
Many times she comes with me. She's pretty independent considering that she's in a wheelchair, power chair, and right. she uh, can't speak because of global aphasia, but she can communicate very well non-verbally. Is it cost-effective for a one-on-one -on -one person to purchase this app and, and use it? Absolutely. We don't have home uh, pricing. But here, here's, look, I, I've, I've been in semiconductor my whole life, right, before this, right? So integrated circuits, you think of an Intel or somebody like that, right? Um, but the fact of the matter is in that business, in that in that business and in the consumer business, there was an old joke. If you didn't build it for half the price, right, and do twice as much every year, like Apple, Dell, Fujitsu, Ace, they'd kick you out in about two nanoseconds. You come into the into the health world, right, and you buy a $2 sensor over in China, you stick it in somebody, the corner of somebody's room and, and you charge $100 for it. It's full, right? And so, my personal opinion. And so what we do is we take these common consumer devices. The thermostat, it's one you can buy. The door lock, you can go down to Lowe's and buy it, right? You can, you know, what we do is we take these consumer devices that you're buying anyway for your home. The smart ones. And we bring them together into a common solution, right? So it is really super cost effective, right? In a senior living community, Home automation, health, all kinds of engagement capability, right? The ability to talk to family and friends and other residents, the video chat, the play games, it's well less than a dollar a day. I would imagine so that you've sold a lot of these just in the last five months to uh, these facilities. So that's, that's the challenge, <laughs> right? So before COVID, there was, you know, Technology, a senior living community, right? There's not a lot of technology. Um, and so, the, the, you know, the, a lot of cases, not to be negative, but, you know, in many of the uh, communities, the most advanced was, you know, a string hanging out of the wall. Yeah, the yeah. I have a mother and it. a mother-in-law that were both uh, in facilities because they both had dementia. Uh, right. Two different facilities, two different cities. And I'm trying to imagine these particular places doing what you're saying, and, and it's a stretch. <laughs> right. How do, you, and, and how so, do you convince them that this is so good for them? It was a challenge, right? And I think most people, it was, it was kind of, right, this whole idea of a digital transformation in your community. And part of that was, right, newer residents, right, as well as particularly their family members, were more used to at least the idea of technology, and we're wondering, how do I stay connected to mom, right? On the other side of that, caregivers, right, because uh, uh, unemployment was very low, were getting more and more difficult. So they recognized technology was going to be more important. But they really don't have a big IT staff, so who's going to put all this together? We walk in with what we call an operating system, and it's like, that's the solution. But then really? the question came, Dave, do I need it this quarter? Do I need it next quarter? Can I wait to next year? That all changed with COVID. They recognized that, look, we have to have technology, right, to, to just do our day-to-day -day jobs. It's incredibly sure. important. I would it's assume that doctors came by physically less often, you know, all those doctor visits on Tuesdays or whatever. Now they're doing telephones. <laughs> The whole idea of transporting somebody out of the community, you can't do that anymore, right? The whole idea of, uh, you know, somebody visiting their parents, how do you do that? How do you have any connection? Now, there is no way on God's green earth, right, that a digital connection can ever replace a physical connection. Mm -hmm. But at least it's something, right? Yeah. And so, so, you know, technology is really important. The challenge that we have, is that caregivers are overwhelmed. I, they, uh, I, I think senior living has really been giving, given a, a very negative um, and a bum rap, you know, during the course of this activity. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's exceedingly unfortunate. But, you know, let me tell you, you don't work in a senior living community unless you're a pretty caring person. 
it is an exceedingly tough job. Yeah, very few people do it for the money. <laughs> and it is not for the money. It can't be because they don't pay that well. Yeah. And right, if you're in that community, you're a very, very caring person. And so huh. when you're going into that community at these times, when you're worried about your own family, when it's very difficult, right, when somebody might be yelling at you because they can't visit their family, but uh, their mom, but you're the one that's really trying to protect them, uh -huh. right? When there's a COVID outbreak, when the government is is putting all the uh, PPE to hospitals and the like, which is very important, but completely uh. ignoring nursing homes and senior living and so on and so forth, those people, like they still went in. And they were caring for the moms and the grandmas and the yeah. wives and everybody else, right, during this entire time. Those people, they're burnt out. And, 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 and things aren't changing. Look, it is better, but our society as a whole has completely failed older adults and people living with disabilities during this COVID yeah. crisis, completely failed them. And yet these people are the people that have been serving on the front line. Right, yeah. day in, day out. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. <laughs> and welcome back and we're to the Caregiver Dave Show and we're talking to Scott Moody. What an amazing story you've got, uh, amazing history. Um, just someone who actually is in the business because they really, really care, uh, not in it for the money because you made your money, you've moved on, you've retired. Like I said, uh, like Sinatra, come out of retirement. <laughs> um, tech trends happening now that are shaping the future of senior living. We talk about some of them. Uh, any that we haven't mentioned yet? Well, look, I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, everything from robots to AI to all of those. Dogs. And look, there's, I'm sorry. Electronic dogs. Pets, yeah, no, you know. yeah, exactly. They all have their place and they all will be there. But, I, I, you know, frankly, Dave, there are a ton of technologies out there, and you, you probably know this, right, that we all use in our daily lives. That For us, it's a convenience. Right. For the people, right, that you serve, that we serve, right, that your audience serves, it, th these things are a real utility. And so, you know, I often suggest to people it's it's focus on those simple things that can help improve somebody's life. I mean, you, you think about somebody that might be wheelchair bound or uh, has MS and they're very, you know, being tired by the end of the night is a, is a very big issue. Right. Um, the ability which in the end of the day helps the caregiver to be able to answer their door. How do you do that? Right? Well, you just put in an automated, you know, door lock and a wireless doorbell. Now they can see who's at the front door and they can yeah. decide to let them in. Um, I, just, so, I just got one of those. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. So it's very simple. Right? And then, you know, uh, uh, just even... Uh, whoever, if it's if it's somebody that's living in in another home from you and you're the caregiver, right? You know it does help you. It helps them, but it's really simple. You can just go down to Lowe's or Home Depot or anywhere and get yeah. these things. Yeah, I've got uh, many many cameras all over the house because sometimes when I travel for two three days, my wife doesn't want to come with me, and I watch her. 
as I worry about right. her. But, uh, you know, she has to follow the rules, keep your seatbelt on and your chair, and don't do anything when you're tired or groggy and so on. And so far, so But there's, there's other things. One of the things we do, right, in, in these communities is we do a kind of a resident check-in. Right, usually you had to push a button by 10 a.m. and mm. a lot of people forget. Everybody forgets something like yeah. that, right? It's not an older thing. And uh, so what we do is we do it automatically because there's a bunch of home automation stuff in there. We know you're up because you're moving around and the lights are turning on. Yeah, motion detectors. We know you're up because you just asked Alexa what was for breakfast. We know you're up because you just did a video chat with your mom, right? So you're checked in. Right. But there's no pushing a button. There's no extra screening. Right. So on and so forth. As a caregiver, you have the peace of mind. Right. But if they weren't moving around by 10 a.m., believe me, they want you to be notified that there might be a problem. And by the way, let's get back to that doorbell and the door lock that you have. You can now call your neighbor if you're out of town and if there's something you could ask her to go over a trusted neighbor right over to the house, right, to check on your, your wife or your mom. You see them come to the front door. Okay, I'm going to open the door, and they can come in and see if anything's wrong. That's where these very simple technologies make a huge difference in somebody's life. I don't have the door lock yet. Uh, that would be a great idea. That's and, all and I have is great idea. And I've got all this through my security company, my alarm company, Brinks. So do you think they have the electric yeah, they, door they, lock, they too? Have, they got everything, huh? have that. all the toys. Right? Now, it's not all integrated into one package, but so you may have to use two different apps. But for yeah. you, that's, you know, that's not really an issue, right? Interesting. So uh, let's talk about the COVID impact on senior living. We touched on it a little bit, but um, some realities of what the industry is experiencing now. Uh, obviously, we're living in a different world. Is it going to ever go away? Is it here forever? Or will it stop after the election? <laughs> so, look, I, I, I will say, first, kind of generally speaking, I think as a society, we have failed our own. You, you, can, you can blame leadership and right, or red or blue or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. But as individuals, I think we have generally failed our older adults, right? We're, many of us are old enough, right, yeah. um, to know what to do. And really, a democracy really only works if you care about others, right? Otherwise, it's yeah. an anarchy. Sure. And so I think, you know, when I look at, you know, people that go to crowded bars or we're going to crowded bars or or, or crowded venues, or not wearing masks, or so on and so forth, right? Yeah, maybe it, it doesn't affect you, or maybe you don't care, or you're not afraid, or you think it's something, right? But you need to care about the other people that you're coming in touch with, mm -hmm. and who they're coming in touch with, and who they're coming in touch with. I will tell you that by now, that we should not be in the situation that we're in, but we're, we're in that you know situation, and I really think it's a, a significant failure of, of our society, and I'm, I'm very disappointed. But that said, um, you know I think we failed, particularly in the beginning, older adults in many other ways. They were clearly the most impacted. And so if I look at senior living community, right, uh, and, and nursing homes, particularly nursing homes, which is different than senior living, obviously, when you're in a nursing home, you're pretty close to being in a hospital. So, so when you when you look at that, right, not only were they not getting PPE, right, but in certain states, they were having patients that had COVID put specifically in a nursing home or not allow them out. They they don't have the facilities, right? They don't have positive or negative pressure rooms and things like that which are set up in a hospital to keep uh, an infection like that from spreading. We knew it was airborne. And then we go out and we say, oh, my God, look, all of these nursing homes the, or this nursing home and this, they had all these people die. Well, you know, many of them were, were, were sick to start, but clearly COVID had a significant impact on them, on their weaknesses already. But the fact of the matter is it'd be like going out and saying, 
Look at all the people that died in hospitals. Don't go to a hospital, right? Because that's where people die, <laughs> right? So it's it, very similar, right, in that in that venue. And, and and now I think things have gotten better, but it took a long time for that to happen. And I think things are better. Yeah. So things are freeing up. I, I think they've done a Herculean job in, in trying to respond to a very difficult situation. Yeah. We were talking about selling this to, uh, to facilities. Um, is, it, is it a hard sell uh, these days to say, hey, this will make you more productive? It'll increase communication between residents and uh, caregivers, resident engagement, awareness. I mean, is it hard to sell that? Or is no, it become not, easier it, it, today? It, it's a lot easier. Right. Um, there's no doubt about it. Getting it all deployed is still a bit of a challenge, right? Because of the staff being overworked and just can't handle one more thing. And right? is it but affordable same... for a facility that, you know, is always uh, under budget and watching their expenses, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're here to serve, right? And so... Um, Will it pay for itself, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yeah. The, the answer is absolutely yes. Now, very quickly... But even before, it was generally in about a year, right? So that's a pretty significant, you know, and very fast payback um, period. But it definitely moved into the need to have versus a nice to have sure. in, uh, in the last, you know, few months. As I recall with the two facilities that I had personal experience with, you know, they always had a few empty beds and they were always looking to fill them because that meant a little extra money. Are they able to um, bring new people in during the COVID days? I mean, uh, so originally, to tell you the truth, in the first three months, like the idea of, right, you know, talking about our technology, no, nobody had time to answer the phone. Right? <laughs> you, you had vice presidents coming from corporate to deliver food to rooms. Wow. So it was all hands on deck, um, completely upset, you know, the, the normal operations of a community, the normal staffing. You had people that stopped coming to work because their kids were now at home. You had uh, people stop coming to work because there might have been a COVID case and they didn't they didn't want to get it. Right. So, so filling beds was uh, low on their list of priorities. Yeah, they and, and they didn't let anybody in the community. So you, they weren't even doing move-in unless it was like a critical case or in some of those nurse nursing uh, uh, care required by the government. But, but, but they didn't. Now they are. And so what you're seeing is you did see, you know, occupancy by definition go down a little bit in, in that time frame. But generally, you're seeing move-ins go in. I mean, they're very practiced in how they do a move-in. It's not a whole bunch of family members and workers all coming, walking around a community. But uh, that is is picking back up. But that's where technology plays a role as well, right? So, yeah. you know, tricking out that new apartment with all kinds of smart home technologies all of a sudden becomes important. Right, being sure, able to do engagement becomes important. So, to to convince somebody to move into a community, you got to really show them that we're prepared not only for this one, but but for the next one. Sure, you know I I talk about to, uh, to caregivers a lot, um, the ones who are very stressed out because the more I talk to them, the more I realize well they're giving twenty four seven care to their loved one in their home and they can't do that. Or they will die. They will become stressed yeah, out, etc. Exactly right. So it's time to consider. And a lot of these people, they wait till the last minute. They wait till it's too late, where it's really, really hard to do it now. Whereas I encourage people, you know, look down the road a little bit. You know, if you see the direction your loved one's going, and you know a facility is is going to be the only answer or the next step, don't wait until you have to. And now your options are severely limited. You know, you you need to start. Looking around, not easy to find a good place. Uh, what recommendations would you have for people who are there and need to start that conversation with their loved one, um, which is difficult in and of itself? And then uh, how to find a good facility? What questions should they ask? What should they be looking for? Obviously, I know you're gonna, one of your things on your list will be technology. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I was only going to joke about it, right? Um, but obviously true. The uh, Look, I, I think the biggest issue is, to your point, is to have that conversation really early on. Because I think we all have uh, different perceptions of what that means. You know, a, a nursing home, or also referred to as skilled nursing, right, yeah. is Nursing home has than, such a bad connotation to it that it's like we need a new word for nursing living. home. Well, what's right. the good word that instead of nursing home? What's well, the I word? usually refer to it as, as, as skilled nursing, right? Oh, that sounds a lot um, better. It, <laughs> yeah, and then it, it's really the idea of, look, you're, there's some level of skill associated with you're often hooked up to something if you're in a uh, uh, skilled nursing, you know, community. The other one is assisted living and independent living. And I think people have, you know, look, the first senior living or the first nursing home I was ever in was for my uh, my grandmother-in-law before we were married. And uh, I went in that and, man, they, it was like an institution. Like I'm talking about like one flew over the cuckoo's nest institution, <laughs> right? L -l Linoleum floors, bit. nurse Cratchit walking around, <laughs> right? Uh, I think that was her name, right? Is that it was like oh my that god that was Annie. <laughs> so, but if you go to communities now, like many of them are like resorts, and then there's. You know, I know. I, I wouldn't mind going to them when I was. I, look, I'd move into one now if I could get yeah. my wife to move with me. You know, <laughs> yeah, me too. So I don't like doing lawn work or anything. So uh, they're really. And everybody nice. complains about the food, but I liked it. They they have. Let me tell you, the one thing that they really focus on before this, more than anything, was their food, um, and you can actually get exceedingly. You know, it's just it's just like a restaurant. And the bigger the community it is, they may have a couple of different restaurants, if you will. Yeah. Right. And then a snack bar and different things. So they are really nice. So I, I think it's a matter of just going in and visiting some. Right. And then um, staying in, 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 in contact with them. So that's really, I think, the big thing is to get them over. Right. You may not want to move here. You might want your own yeah. home. But even in the COVID crisis, Right. When you were if, if your daughter was four hours away and you were by yourself and you were trying to think of how to get to a grocery store or how to get this delivered or that delivered or and you're getting on the app and you're like, it, it, it's a challenge it, unless that that caregiver is right there with you. Whereas in a community and they had very few cases in senior living community. Where you had these breakouts like you did have in a in, in a nursing home, right, is, is that. You have all that you you had, even though the dining room was closed, there was somebody delivering food to your door, right, three times a day and snacks in between, right? You know, you could call a front desk if there was an emergency. They they had uh, hallway bingo, right? So you everybody would come to their doorways and play bingo or talk to one another, sit in yeah. their chair and just have a conversation, right? Those are things you can't do in your home by yourself. Listen, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Got it. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live Weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group, you can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, 
This is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with my guest, Scott Moody. I'm on the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani. Yeah. So tell me, Scott, <laughs> how, how can K4 Connect communities benefit from the tech applications today? Well, look, really, there, there are so many great technologies out there today. I mean, we just talked about the, the door lock and the, and the video camera. We, we've, we've talked earlier about, you know, video chat. We talked earlier about home automation. We talked about um, wellness devices and being able to kind of monitor your own health, blood pressure, uh, blood or a wow. pulse oximeter. All these things are all connected. And so um, what we try to do and the advantage we bring is we kind of take all of those things that are designed often for other demographics and we bring them together for the people that we serve. So we're not trying to invent all those things. We don't make it. We don't make thermostats. We don't make uh, 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 blood pressure monitors, right? We, we, we use somebody else for the back end of a video chat. We but just they do they do that. have to be smart devices, right? I mean, if you have a, an old thermostat, you need a new thermostat. Yes. If you have and, uh, and an old door lock, people, you need a new door lock and refrigerator. Yes, that, that is true. They so do have so to be connected, right? And so, um, and that, you know, that's, an, that's a real, you know, advantage. I've been in senior living communities where I've walked into rooms where it was dark, right, or it was cold, and, they, and you know, somebody had a mobility issue and they would be, I was just waiting for somebody to come by. Would you mind changing the thermostat? Would you uh, mind turning on these lights for me? Right. And so all of these things, again, I know we think of them as a convenience for the, but yeah. for the people we serve, they're a real utility. So it's all these like little things that actually add up and then allow them to, to live a simpler, healthier and happier life. They want to be less dependent. Right. I mean, they most people just do. They want to have some level of independence and being able to engage with people that helps with the caregiver, uh, you know, tremendously. And then the, the the other part is the caregiver has an easy way to communicate, particularly if they're not in the in the same home. Mm, yeah. What what percentage of uh, facilities are out there? that our potential clients, when I say potential, it means the ones that will really do it, because I guess there's a percentage of ones out there that will never do it. So part of it is, of course, right, is how much can you afford? And then, you know, so, of course, there's people that live in 10,000 square foot sure. mansions, right? And there's people that live in, you know, nice little cottages. And so you're going to always have that spectrum. If you're used to living in a 10,000 square foot, you know, uh, uh, mansion, you're probably not going to like it too much. So that said, I mean, I, I think it's, but I, I do think most communities are actually um, pretty good. Are there bad? Yes, there are people that we won't deal with. I've definitely folded up my book. It's like, we don't want to be part of this, right? We are a mission served company. And unless you share the mission, right, we're not part of that. As you go down, right, in, in terms of the financial resources, right, or, or how much it costs on a monthly basis, here's one of the issues. And I have tremendous empathy is, is that if you're on Medicaid, the, in Medicaid, if you're living in a, if you're getting, a, if, if you're in assisted living community, right, they're paying about $1,500 a month. This is on average for you to stay in that senior living community, right, which is a normal apartment rent, no less all the, the food services and everything else that you get. And so what the government reimbursement is, is, is really horrible. And so people say, let's pay everybody a living wage. But when you're getting that paid, when the community and most a lot of those communities are nonprofit, these are like super caring. Fifty percent of senior living communities are nonprofits. So these are very much caring people. Many of these are affordable housing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so the reimbursement at the low end from the government is exceedingly low and the, the, you know these people struggle to provide all the services they can 
right? Whether yeah. it's the quality of the food or the staff or so on. Okay, I know you're called the CEO now, right? And you're <laughs> getting paid more than you did, but you usually came up through that industry. And and so you're you may be getting paid a little bit more now, but you're a pretty caring person, right? That that made it to that that position. Look, yeah. I wouldn't have. This was all new to me right, three years ago, um, but I definitely meet some very lovely people. Good. Thank God. <laughs> That's um, who I think, actually. <laughs> So, and this technology will last beyond this pandemic. Uh, created a very, uh, creating a very right. connected workplace, and um, this pandemic is going to raise the bar, right? Um, maybe workers are realizing, well, maybe well, we don't need this high, high mortgage or high rent uh, office anymore because everyone can work at home. The facilities that we're talking about can say, "Wow, this is pretty awesome." Um, we can use this forever. I mean, you know, it's not just something that we need for the pandemic, right? You're exactly right, Dave. Let me give you two recent events, right, that have forever changed our lives. We just had, right, what is it, four days ago, 9-11. And we can all remember back to that day. Mm -hmm. Do you realize how much the world, our society, whether it's flying a plane, right, or just... Um, kind of terrorism worldwide, how much our world has changed yeah. from that day. And I think COVID has the same thing, not only for older adults and senior living and office, but I, I think to a large extent, how we think of, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of transformations, right, of how yeah. we live, how we think about living uh, going forward. And we'll be able to trace it all back to this year. Yeah. The year that was. So in the last three minutes of the show, time sure goes fast when you're having fun. Uh, how can communities get started with tech and see value today? Um, what's the first step? Yeah, usually um, it's as simple as putting in kind of the, the what we call the app, right, K4 community, uh, the app version for the residents. Once you do that, right, now the caregiver staff is connected and the family is connected as well so the the family knows what's going on or any alerts they can video chat with their family their their loved one in the community and then we often um, suggest voice at the same time so it's really a digital package it's very easy to implement so one of the great things about our our package is that even an alexa normally when you put an alexa in somebody's home it's username, password, credit card, download an app, blah, blah. you don't have to do that. We provision it all. All you do is plug it in into the apartment, room, cottage of that resident, and you're automatically connected. And then we use the TV channel to actually give live uh, video training sessions. So uh, it's very easy, very, very easy to get uh, started. A lot of that actually we've developed over the last three or four months to make it so much easier so that it's not more strain on that overworked yeah. staff. So individually, this is not an app that you go uh, to the iStore and you pay you know, $5.99 a month or something like that. It, how, how does it work for someone like me if I want to you know, look into it and see if it's affordable for me? So right now we don't have a home version. It is at that senior okay, living but you're working on it. So once... Let's say uh, you had a, a, a family member in a senior living community. If that senior living community was um, uh, bought K4 community, sure. then you would get an invite from us, from the community, or even Got from it. your loved one to join right their network. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, very, very informative. I learned a lot, and uh, I hope and pray that you will be very, very successful in this mission that you're doing, because Lord knows it's needed. So thanks again for coming on the show, and we will uh, see everybody next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sometimes it feels 
Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing.